Hi guys, welcome to the Mutant Musings Podcast, where we discuss the current happenings of Marvel's merry band of mutants. We'll be discussing a few of last month's X-titles, other X-related news, uh, that's X-related, not X-rated, uh, and possibly more. I'm your host, Jonathan Johnny Comics Fuger, and with me is... Patty. Hi, Patty. Hi. <clears throat> okay, so although the X-Men have been pushed to a small corner of the Marvel Universe in recent years, we want to let people know that there are still fans out there rooting for mutant kind. So if you're a fan of the X-Men and I guess stumble upon this podcast, let us know what you think of the current status of the X-Men by leaving a comment, either right here on Geekade or on one of our many social media platforms. Join in on the discussion. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a few of July's X-Men titles in particular, so I guess we can get right into it with um, X-Men Civil War number two. All right, so essentially here we have the Extraordinary X-Men team and the Uncanny X-Men team, and um, the extraordinary team is siding with Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is pissed um, that the extraordinary team told Magneto about Ulysses. Um, assuming that you guys out there are keeping up with Civil War II, which is crossing over many of Marvel's titles right now, and of course, at least this time in Civil War II, as opposed to Civil War I, um, the X-Men are kind of getting their own part in this. So that's where X-Men Civil War falls in. And what we have is what was uh, kind of the big surprise of the last issue uh, was uh, Nightcrawler decided to leave the extraordinary team that sides with Captain Marvel in this whole thing. Uh, Captain Marvel thinks that we need Ulysses, we need his uh, power to tell the future so we can stop crimes before they're being committed. Um, and Nightcrawler decided to go against the extraordinary team that sides with Captain Marvel on that and go with the uncanny team, which is led by Magneto, who doesn't like the idea of an inhuman being able to uh, predict the future because that he's could possibly... A because, <laughs> because he's a racist. It all comes down to race with these people. So yeah, but I mean, I kind of saw this coming because Nightcrawler is a very religious man and he's a God-fearing mutant, so why would he uh, side with the extraordinary X-Men who side with uh, um, with Captain Marvel and Ulysses here, since he can predict the future, essentially play God himself. Obviously, Nightcrawler doesn't like that, so as I said, he's kind of sided with Magneto's team. Um, and they raise some interesting points. Um, you know, what if he predicts, what if Ulysses predicts that a young mutant will grow up to be a global threat? The Inhumans could coax Ulysses into making any accusation and the world would believe him basically spelling more danger for mutant kind. And there's already uh, a lot of danger to mutant kind with all the Terrigen mist and all that bullshit. So really everything right now is the fucking Inhuman's fault. Fuck the Inhumans. Fuck them right in their Inhuman butts. What do you think about all this? Well, okay, so at first I was kind of with the Extraordinary team. Ugh. I was, I know, I was kind of uh, with Captain Marvel, but... After hearing some of the arguments that Magneto came up with, especially with what you said about uh, uh, they can pretty much start a war with the uh, mutants just by him saying something about the mutants. And Magneto said, like, what if he has a bias against something? 
you know, against somebody. So um, it's kind of like uh, Ulysses could pretty much do with the mutants and say, hey, look at these guys. They're a potential threat. So before they do anything, potentially, we can take them out. <clears throat> okay, so Magneto sends Phantom X in um, to the Inhuman Stronghold kind of as reconnaissance. And surprise, surprise, Storm sends Gambit. Um, mm-hmm. Like they were just waiting for Magneto to do something stupid. There was this whole discussion in the beginning of the book. Um, you know, Captain Marvel was kind of like pissed that Storm told Magneto about all this. But, you know, really, it's not like Magneto came out and point blank asked them about where they stand on the Inhumans. Um, they were, I believe it was Psylocke that was able to pick it up psychically. And then they were kind of getting the story from there. And, you know, Captain Marvel is just like, well, Magneto is a bad guy. All right, well, this doesn't really necessarily come into a whole typical good guy, bad guy thing. Like, we're talking about the extermination of a species. One, you know, obviously is kind of like flourishing right now. The Inhumans are, and the mutants are the ones that are paying the price for it. Um, There hasn't, at least as far as the reader knows, there hasn't been any sort of talk of compromise about some sort of balance to figure things out to coexist. It's just kind of like mutant kind is getting steamrolled right now. And now we have an inhuman that can predict the future. And as Magneto and Nightcrawler were saying, uh, he could say anything and people are going to believe it because he's been right about everything uh, so far. Hashtag Magneto was right. Hashtag Magneto will always be right. He was always right. Everything he says is fucking gold. You can bank on it. I set my clocks to it. Magneto's fucking amazing. Hashtag uh, Cyclops was right. Uh, he, well. He did something that we still don't know about, and apparently it was fucked up, and apparently it was something with the Inhumans, and he died. Hashtag Cyclops is dead. Um, that's the hashtag Cyclops is dead. That's really all we know right now, um, but I think we're, um, you know, the world, uh, what did they say? Magneto was like, the world is full of psychics, so, you know, what's going to happen next, uh, essentially? I don't know. Maybe Cyclops will be back by then. Hashtag Cyclops Reborn, Phoenix, Jean Grey, that's what it comes back to, so we can watch her die again. Oh. Okay. Well, in any case, I liked uh, X-Men Civil War number two, um, essentially for the dialogue that was going on. Not so much the Phantom X Gambit thing. I mean, you know, I get it. It's going to create more tension, but I liked it because the dialogue I felt was better. The first issue, it felt a little clunky. Even though the overall story was good, it felt a little clunky. And I think that this was, uh, they kind of really picked it up with number two. Uh, yeah, Phantom X and Gambit, I love that part. Uh, I love me watching some men in spandex fighting each other. And, uh, so we got, uh, two fake French men. Let's call them faux French. Eh? Yeah? So we got, uh, two faux French men fighting against each other in spandex. Pick it up. (laughs) All right. Next up, we have um, All New Wolverine. Uh, All New Wolverine number 10. This is also sort of a Civil War tie-in. It definitely is. It definitely is, but more so towards like the last couple of pages of the book, really, and maybe like the first page. The real meat of this story is uh, in between, and it really just kind of focuses on um, uh, Logan, Laura, and Gabby. So after last issue's Fing Fang Fun, the fucking Inhuman again, Ulysses, 
has some sort of a vision of Laura, Logan, and um, Angel. And uh, by the way, I thought Laura and Angel kind of um, broke up. They kind of did, but you know how they do in the X first where they just keep fucking and hooking up and everybody's just constantly having sex and there's always drama going on. But um It sounds like oh. my life. I can totally relate. Yeah? Yeah. You got a lot of fucking drama going on? A lot of sex. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, okay. <coughs> um so <coughs> I'll take this one because this was my favorite. Haha. <laughs> Suck it. So I fucking loved this issue. It was so funny. In this issue, uh, there were burglars who tried robbing X-23's apartment. So Jonathan, not my boyfriend. Not me. Not this Jonathan. Uh, the pet Wolverine that they now have. Who, who is equally as cool as me. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, he, they were all having fun and games and making fun of the burglars until they shot Jonathan. And then... The Wolverine. They didn't shoot me. It's a fucking comic book. I didn't get shot. So all bets were off at that point. So uh, everybody pops their claws out. And uh, Jonathan ended up being okay. I thought that uh, because of how they did this, that... um, Well, first I was afraid for Jonathan. I was really scared. I thought he died. But then I'm like, maybe he has a healing factor. Maybe they're related. That's what I thought, too. That was my first uh, thought. Gabby was uh, talking to old man Logan and was like, I'm like your twice removed granddaughter, uh, fucking whatever. And uh, this is kind of like your grand Wolverine, but we don't think there's any relation to you. And uh, I just thought that was really funny. Yeah. um, No, that's that's what I really liked about this issue was the whole dynamic of the three of them just talking to each other and just bullshitting and their reaction together when the burglars showed up because like the burglars don't know that this is like you know the new wolverine an old wolverine and then like a young clone of one of them they're all kind of like related in a weird fucking way um and they just stumble into this house into this apartment because they heard uh, the whale noises that was hilarious when gabby like initially introduces herself she's really cute by the way um i'm glad out of the three sisters that she's the one that survived um and they're really developing her character and i like it a lot I thought there were five sisters were there five i think there were five they're originally five but there yeah. were three that is yeah. three okay all right, so, okay, but so they're, they're, you know, Gabby survived out of all of them, and now she's the character that's being developed, and, you know, it's really cute, but the three of them are, like, laughing together, and they're sharing this, like, moment. Um, it's almost like a family moment in a really twisted fucking interdimensional way, and then, you know, Jonathan the Wolverine gets shot, and they're all just like, oh my god, this isn't funny anymore, we all want to fucking kill you, because you just did that, and they popped their claws, but it wasn't Logan or Laura that did anything, it was Gabby that just rushed at the one immediately, it was like, just really kind of sweet, like I said, in a twisted fucking violent, stabby kind of way. That's my favorite kind of sweet. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so then what happens afterwards, you know, there was an awkward moment between Logan and, and Gabby. And he, Logan apparently knows Gabby from his timeline. And nothing gets revealed. <clears throat> Logan is just saying, like, 
you know, you like, what are your intentions essentially? And um, Gabby's like, I'm not planning on hurting anyone. And so the reader, as a reader, we're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Where did this come from? Like, why wasn't this mentioned earlier? But, you know, that will lead to some mystery, which we'll find out in a future issue, maybe even the next issue, um, because essentially it ends with Maria Hill calling Laura and like, we're coming right now. And a bunch of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents show up outside of Laura's apartment. Fucking Steve Rogers, Captain America is there. And it's like, we need to talk, soldier. And Maria Hill is like, he's going to murder. Logan's going to murder Gabby. Well, okay. So as a reader, I kind of care because I like this book. And I kind of like these characters. But as an overall story in like the Marvel Universe, who the fuck cares? Why is Gabby such a big deal? Why is like, okay, so murder is a bad thing. But why do we have all of these fucking S.H.I.E.L.D. agents? Why do we have Captain America? Uh, like, we need to have a talk, soldier. Like, why? Why this whole big fucking ruckus um, over, you know, him possibly kill? Well, not possibly. Ulysses said it. So and he's fucking God. So fuck this guy. Why is such a big deal? I don't know. What do you think about that? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm. this is the issue. Uh, the next issue is what I'm looking forward to most out of any of the books coming out right now. Like I said, I really enjoyed this issue because it was so funny. And then at the end, it just took like this dramatic turn. And you're like, oh, my God, what the fuck? There's an actual story actually going on here. And it's going to be what seems like a really big one, like this could turn into a big thing or else, you know, why would all those people, like you said, be there? At first they thought it was like, because there was a burglar and Laura was like, you guys didn't have to come here. We could have taken care of the burglar. And they were like, no, we're here for Logan. And everybody just looked really confused. And uh, I'm really curious to see what's happening. Like, why is she so important? Does she... Does Ulysses say something about her doing something important in the future and that's why they need to save her? Like, you know, it's not like she's like Hulk or something yeah. where they already took care of that in Civil War where he died. Spo- Spoiler spoilers. <clears throat> um, but yeah, maybe he thinks that she's going to do something important in the future I don't know if he has any particular bias against the mutants or whatever, but maybe she's going to do something fucked up to mutant kind. Maybe she's going to save mutant kinds. I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, he can pretty much create whatever timeline that he wants based on what we saw in Civil War that uh, he basically just sees, uh, what was it, like one feature or whatever. So maybe... Maybe he can see several different futures and he's just picking and choosing what outcomes he wants to happen. Yeah, that's possible. That That is possible. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly, exactly how he works yet, but at some point, he's got to be fucking wrong. First of all, he's got to be fucking wrong at some point. Second of all, I don't see this ending without Ulysses getting a fucking bullet through the brain or an arrow through the brain or something um hashtag hire hawkeye um, or a staple through the brain if magneto is out of options yeah i guess um but you know i don't i don't know gabby is just like so new and it's just kind of weird for them to like make such a huge deal out of this it may wind up being nothing it may simply be that simple that oh we don't want this poor teenage girl to get murdered by old man logan 
just the the response to it was just so huge. It just makes me think that there's got to be something much bigger. I don't know if they're going to deliver on that. I haven't really been disappointed with all new Wolverine so far since it started with Laura as Wolverine. It's been a consistently good series. You know, I mean, it's not like the most amazing thing on on shelves right now, but it is good. Uh, so I just, I have some faith that they're going to follow this up with something really cool the next issue, or at least, you know, I hope so. Any final thoughts on this one? So my favorite part in this issue, which I couldn't wait to show you, was when, uh, Logan opens a bottle with his claw and, you know, he thinks he's all cool and shit and Laura's like, um, I'm not very domestic. Who do you think is going to clean that up after you? <laughs> like, you have to pick up your own garbage in here. Yeah, I, I really like that, too, because he's been shown doing that kind of shit in the past, too, just popping it off with a claw like such a badass, and she actually called him out on it. That was that was a really good, really good part of the issue. Um, all right, so the last book that we're going to be talking about um, this week, and... Um, well, that we're going to be focusing on, but we're going to be talking a little bit more about um, Apocalypse Wars as a whole, um, is Uncanny X-Men number 10, uh, which seemed to kind of conclude uh, Apocalypse Wars as far as Uncanny X-Men goes. Apocalypse Wars has been running independently through three different books, Uncanny X-Men, Extraordinary X-Men, and All New X-Men. So it's an apocalypse-related story through each, but they're all independent of each other, which is cool because, I mean, me, I buy just about every X title that ever comes out, but if somebody can't or doesn't want to, they don't have to buy five different books to get the whole fucking story, and Marvel loves doing that kind of shit, so I, I appreciated this, first of all. But the reason why I picked this one, second of all, is because Uncanny X-Men, since it restarted, um with um colin bunn and uh that's gotta say egg fucking land the fucking porn tracer um it has been uh, artwork aside um it has been like pretty much my favorite x book um i was a little iffy on apocalypse wars uh through uncanny x-men up until this point this in my opinion was a really great fucking conclusion um, essentially, uh, Apocalypse's kid, Genocide, who was known as Holocaust throughout the Age of Apocalypse, uh, duped Warren Worthington into allowing experiments to be conducted on him, so he had his wings removed. Genocide used the genetic material to make an army of archangels to unleash them on a town in Colorado. Because fuck Colorado. Because fuck Colorado, because they're fucking getting high all the time. This is what happens. You get high all the time, this is how God punishes you. Take fucking note. Alright, so Magneto and Psylocke went there with the intention of just checking out the situation and uh, saving Angel, and um, Magneto had Phantom X and Mystique on standby secretly uh, to help out as well. Um, Magneto, Psylocke got captured, they broke free, yada, yada, yada. Essentially, this issue picks up where there's a bunch of fucking archangels attacking people, and uh, Genocide is getting his fascist monologue on. Uh, You gotta love that fascist monologue. Tune in to Fox News for the latest fascist monologue from Donald Trump. Uh, so yeah, so it's just basically about killing the unworthy, and we've heard this kind of shit before, but he's just going on and on about it, and um, Magneto seems to kind of be letting him go on about it, because a little bit later on in the book, Magneto destroys him really easily, um, but Psylocke gets into Warren's head, the actual Warren, 
not the archangels because they're separate beings now. Uh, Warren admits that he's scared, that the murderous tendencies of Archangel have been inside of him this whole time, uh, and Warren actually, because he can heal, starts to sprout more wings. So that's how we get this fucking huge army of Archangels. He's been Genocide has been using them to make this huge army. But now Genocide's fucking dead. Warren essentially was just scared of turning into Apocalypse, thought that Genocide and his scientists could help. Well, oops, uh, that didn't exactly turn out the way that he had planned. So, basically, um, Mystique comes in to help out. Phantom X comes in to help out Psylocke. Mystique is there to help out Magneto, um, kind of take out these Archangels. And um, eventually, Archangel and, War and Warren merge back into the same person. And it looks still like Archangel. And Archangel just kind of says he's unsure of who he is. And um, that's pretty much the end of that. Uh, Mystique and Phantom X split. I thought it was kind of funny because Mystique was like, yes, we just helped save the world. Let's run and cower. I fucking hate Mystique. I just do. She's an, a wonderful villain. I can appreciate that because I fucking hate her. She's such a good villain. But I thought that that was really funny. But what um, what I, I thought was interesting about this was how, you know, this is uh, a team of quote-unquote bad people. There's a couple of good people on it. You know, Phantom X and Psylocke aren't really considered really bad. Magneto's been considered bad. Mystique has been considered bad. But they're all, like, doing something for good. And I kind of like seeing villains go through that. Um, I thought this whole drama over Warren as Angel was really interesting. I'm purposely saving a really other important point of this book, the other story, to talk about last because that was really my favorite part. But all in all, I thought that the, um, the Archangel portion of this book was really interesting and one of the better out, out, out of the three uh, books with uh, Apocalypse Wars, um, I thought that this was done probably the best. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have a slightly differing opinion because I feel like they keep rehashing the same type of Archangel story. Like, pretty much it's become the whole thing with Phoenix where, oh, no, they came back. Oh, no, they're bad. Oh, no, now they're good. Oh, no, now they're dead. <laughs> like, and then there's, like, whatever there's there were the two forms of warren and then there was the young angel so young angel was fucking all new wolverine warren was fucking psylocke and then um the angel warren thought he was jesus and uh so he probably wasn't getting too much action there so, I don't know. I thought the whole story was a little bit ridiculous and uh, a little bit overdone as well. I feel like we've seen this, you know, the whole uh, Warren Archangel thing is uh, is kind of overplayed in the X-Men now uh, just as much as the X-Men ends time travel, the X-Men ends space, you know. The X-Men ends... Random sexual encounters. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, no, I can definitely appreciate that. Um, I just happen to think that this was a little bit more interesting. Um, I guess the army of Archangels was pretty cool. Uh, genocide being, you know, back in the picture was kind of cool. 
But I mean, I'm just I'm probably kind of biased because it's a book featuring Magneto and Magneto is one of my favorite characters. He's always been one of my favorite characters, not my favorite. My heart really belongs to Pyro. Everyone should know that. But um, what about me? (laughs) Aw, but um, no, I love me some Magneto and I thought that this was really cool. Um, I like how Land wasn't handling art duties throughout this. I really, really appreciated that. But, you know, again, this whole Apocalypse Wars through this book, you know, that was, for me, in my opinion, it was good. It was really good. Um, But it wasn't amazing. What I really loved was how this issue tied up the side story featuring Monet and Sabretooth. Because this was another one that I was really iffy about in the beginning. Um, you know, I thought it had potential, but I'm like, okay, so, um, Monet and Sabretooth are going to the Morlock Tunnels to investigate something. To have sex. To have sex, because that's what everybody does all of the fucking time. And that's all what the, I do all the fucking time. All the X-Men books, having sex right now and loving it. So, you know, and then, of course, the villain is M-Plate, because why not? What happens is, uh, M-Plate is feeding on all of the Morlocks in the tunnels, and Monet wants him to stop doing that because that's not nice, uh, apparently. And so she says to him, like, so I will be uh, your source of energy. Mm -hmm. You can essentially feed on me. Mm -hmm. Just leave these Morlocks alone. Um, Yes, very sexy. Brother on sister action. Yeah. Just like they do it in the South. Um, tune into Fox News for more brother and sister action right so yeah so that's where we're kind of left off and I'm like the last issue Um, and I was like okay so this is obvious so this is what what Monet says but as soon as he gets close enough she's gonna fucking punch him right in his ugly fucking snuffleupagus face and that's pretty much what happened and that's what I expected but a little bit of a twist M-Plate is kind of he starts fading away because I guess he hasn't fed in a little while, and he turns into this fucking gas, and he just enters Monet, and he doesn't enter mm-hmm. her. No, not in the fun way, apparently. She didn't look too happy. She didn't look too happy getting fucked in the nostrils. And the big reveal was towards, it was like the very last page of the book. Monet is sitting on the bed in the Savage Land in their fucking, uh, in Mag- Magneto's uh, team's fortress. She's sitting on the bed, and she's got the fucking mouths on her hands, just like M-Plate does. And it's, you know, the mouth is speaking to her. Like, listen, you, you have to do what we say. And if you do, then we'll be kept a secret. So essentially blackmailing her. Um, so now she's going to have to fucking feed because she's, you know, got her brother's power, which is essentially a curse too. Sabretooth obviously knows this and just offers himself to her and probably not just in the sexual way but um you know it's like anytime you need to feed i'm, I'm here for you duh because of the healing factor if you need to feed <clears throat> i'm here for you jonathan thank you um hey yeah i thought that that was really cool that they did this have kind of a, a cross of m plate and monet now that's kind of tragic monet has been such a bitch as a character 
I love her. Yeah, I know she's a great character, but, you, you know, you have to admit she's a bitch. Not, oh, she is a bitch. That's why I love her. Yeah, I'm not saying it like it's a real bad thing. She she is, and she even she knows it. But she's a really cool character, but now she's got this additional fucking problem, and it's going to be interesting to see going forward how she's going to carry this. And is she going to keep this a secret, or is she going to come out immediately and be like, hey, Magneto, check out these sweet additional mouths that I have. First of all, I do hope that Monet comes out immediately out of the closet because we need more of that. And uh, also the other thing that you said, addressing on that, that she has mouths on her hand now. So now would be a perfect time for her to come out of the closet because uh, she's got two hands, right? One on both uh, two mouths on her hands. Is that right? Because then she can take care of uh, three girls at one time. Yeah, that's very true. She can. Three mouths, three girls. Three girls, one Monet. Yes, I think exactly. that would be the official name yes. of it. Three yes. girls, one M. That's, okay, that's I uh, I am shipping it now. Uh, who would you uh, Who would you hook up Monet with? You. <laughs> okay, but that's only that's only that's only one person. Emma Frost. Oh, uh, I am. <laughs> I would. I would. I would. I would do it with Monet, but not with Emma Frost. So we need to find someone else as a third person. So I guess this uh. is just a. We're going to have to put that on the back burner and think about that for a while. Okay. All right. Next episode. Or a- anybody who's listening, give your thoughts. Um, who's Monet going down on with those additional tongues? Um, hard-hitting questions here already. First episode. Okay. So, yeah. No, I, uh, back, to the, back to the point. Um, I'm sure we'll have plenty more sexy things to talk about. Um, I think that this is really interesting. You know, it's, it's kind of obvious. You've got these fucking huge mouths on your hands. I don't know. Can they disappear? I don't know. I guess I guess we'll see. Um, but I think this is going to add an interesting dynamic to Monet, an interesting dynamic to the team. I think it's really cool uh, still. You know, it's only been in the past couple of years that uh, Sabretooth has been like a relatively decent human being. And I still am not used to that. Yet he's been he's another character that I've always hated. Like I always thought that he was cool, but I always fucking, you know, hated the guy. And, you know, I kind of like him, and it's it's just weird. It's still new, all new, all different, uh, seeing him, you know, as kind of like a, a decent human being. Um, so I'm kind of wondering what's going to happen with Sabretooth and Monet's relationship going forward. Yeah, I don't like them together. I don't like Sabretooth. Uh, he seems like he's kind of nice to her, but he does, uh, he does act condescending towards women, calling them frail or whatever, like, instead of their name, like, instead of being like, hey, bitch, he's like, hey, frail, you know, like, uh, I don't know, I think it's fucked up, I don't like him, I think Monet can do better, uh, Monet, if you, uh, want to do better, I'm right here for you, babe, um, yeah, I've never been with a Muslim girl before, so hit me up, and where the fuck is, uh, Guido, you know, I mean, oh, yeah, you know, that, that shit hasn't been addressed since Peter David did that a couple of years ago, since he ended his run on, on X Factor, just X Factor proper. Of course, there was the all new X Factor, but, you know, he kind of just tore up the team uh, of Madrox's uh, X Factor a couple of years ago. And, you know, Guido was reigning over hell. Um, and essentially, he and M were, they were going to be a thing. And then that didn't happen. Fucking bring him back, goddammit. Yeah, we I need fucking, strong guy. I need I need to find <clears throat> out what happened with Guido. Like, oh my god, okay. But that's for another episode, probably. God, Peter David, get on that shit! <laughs> Alright. 
Yeah, but essentially, that's I really like that about this issue. Um, that that was the thing that just like put me over the top. Like, holy shit, this is really cool. You know, I think it's going to be a really interesting dynamic depending on how they handle it. Uh, of course, you know the next issue, uh, whatever we find out that happens. Um, uh, what's his name? Fucking uh, Greg Land is the one who's going to be drawing it. So it's going to look like porn. Essentially, I've read it already. It's not very good. But um. But the whole porn look. Um, well, yeah, I mean, uh, there are there's a big market for porn. So really, get the fuck. They should put some of that shit on the internet or something. Yeah, I know, right? What like, the fuck uh, are they I for? just have to get my porn through uh, Xbox basically now because it's really hard to find on the internet. <laughs> All right. Um, well, anyway, uh, I'm not going to get too much into detail about the other um, apocalypse wars. Um, because to be honest i didn't think that they were very good apocalypse wars in extraordinary x-men i don't think is even really done yet um i have not been a big fan of it simply because um it's just i don't know it hasn't been that interesting the artwork's been good the dialogue has been decent. Um, I don't feel like it's, you know, the writer's or artist's fault or whatever. It's just, you know, what they're kind of sort of given. Um, I blame Canada. Well, I mean, it's always fucking Canada's fault uh, for one reason or another. It's the fucking maple syrup um, trying to control our brains with that shit. But, um, no, it's just what, what's been, first of all, it just hasn't been too interesting. There was the one issue where it was basically like a Lord of the Rings movie. They were just walking the whole fucking issue. Uh, and then, um, what was it? Recently, what, what kind of upset me was Nightcrawler. It's, and it's not him, and I'm sorry to say, because I think Jeff Lemire is a good writer, but it's like Nightcrawler doesn't want people to die. He doesn't want to kill people. And he's just all like, yeah, fuck, I'm going to stab Apocalypse. Well, maybe hell fucked him up. Hell can fuck with your head. Nightcrawler wasn't in hell, though. He was in heaven. Oh, okay. Well, heaven can fuck with your head, too. I mean, I you know, they're probably not getting a lot of poo-tang up there. They're well, probably not allowed to. Or a lot of oxygen. I mean, it's way up in the atmosphere. Am I right? What about, what about uh, their uh, 72 virgins? They still get that, right? Or was that in the last issue? I don't know. I, I, I don't know who said that. But which, uh, which version of the Bible was it in? I hope that was the heaven that they got. I don't know. But I, then all the virgins, you know, they're inexperienced. You want somebody who, like, you know, knows what they're doing, right? I, I think, yeah. And Nightcrawler seems like the kind of guy, like, he, he wants his, his woman to, like, know what she's doing. But, um... Just the, the, that really threw me off that like Nightcrawler wanted Apocalypse to die, ran him through with a sword. And then in the latest issue was just like, oh, I'll leave him to die. I'm like, why? Like Nightcrawler, that's so uncharacteristic of him. And it's so rare that something happens like that. Like I feel like, you know, a writer gets that or an editor catches that or whatever. I just feel like the ball was dropped here a little bit. Um, and maybe it'll be explained, maybe, you know, and I do think there's some merit to what you said, um, you know, whether it was heaven or hell, wherever he was, maybe that fucked him up a little bit, but, you know, oh, but then we see him in Civil War, and he's like, oh, it's not Ulysses to play God, so what the f- I don't know, but again, I don't want to get into it too much, because wasn't a big fan of it. Apocalypse War is running through all new X-Men. Yes. I yeah, no, yes. th that was good. Yes. That was really good. To s it was really cool to see uh, Kid Apocalypse hanging out with Ensabaner, like the yes. actual Apocalypse Kid. 
Uh, that was really awesome, and I wish we got more of that, but we fucking didn't. The last issue of that, it was just like, all of a sudden, fucking click your heels twice, and we're back in the present. And Bye, Felicia. That's it. That's it. Later, Felicias. Uh, story's over. Just, we're, we're going home, and that's the end of it. Um, it just, it ended so goddamn quickly. I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I could have... Even just one more issue of ju- of them hanging out in the past and just seeing more of like what exactly fucking happens to N. Sabiner as a child. Yeah, no, I agree. That's what I was expecting to get. That's what I didn't get. And I'm really fucking mad that I didn't get what I wanted. So I'll uh, give you what you... All right. Yeah, no, I'm used to getting what I want. I have a very providing boyfriend who uh, provides me with what I want most of the time. Yeah, I'm... F- fucking rich not, as hell not with money you but with see- uh cuddles yeah. and other favors oh okay i was gonna say look at that fancy t-shirt i bought you yeah i'm not gonna spare any pennies for the little lady Aww. <laughs> i'm gonna go to mcdonald's later and get something off the dollar menu no uh, no 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 supersize it sweetie oh thank you yeah. <laughs> so yeah uh this was one of my favorite stories going through the xbox other than all new wolverine and uh, it ended too soon. I wanted to see what happened to Ensabiner. Like, what was his upbringing like? You know, um, I feel like because I read a lot of books and I've read many, many fucking books. And I feel like this is something that they wouldn't let go to the wayside. This is something that would get explained. And I don't. I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm a little spoiled in that aspect because I almost always get to find out what's happening in books. But in comics, it's not always like that because of the change in writers, the editors, you know, the the authors don't own the characters, so they don't get so much say. So it's not like Joe Schmo is going to start writing X-Men with Marvel and then just be like, uh, and Sabanur really, uh, he was gay and he wanted to go to art school and his parents <laughs> wouldn't let him. So then he just, uh, put a bunch of Jews in a ghetto and then killed them all or something, you know, like they're not going to let them say something like that. So maybe they don't want to give him a backstory. I don't know. I don't know either, but that's the thing. We don't fucking know. And I guess I'm going to have to rant a little bit about this because I think that all of the writers on, um, okay, well, the, the writers of the three like Team X books, Uncanny, Extraordinary, and All New, uh, I think they're great writers. Dennis Hopeless, Colin Bunn, and uh, Jeff Lemire. I think they are three very good writers, and I don't think that this was up to them. At least not completely. You know, we just had the X-Men Apocalypse movie. So, of course, we have an apocalypse-based storyline running through the X-Men comics. Just because sales, because money. And that's, you know, that's fine. I understand somewhat that that's how money works. Um, and that's how to run a business. Fuck capitalism. So, <laughs> um, I, I, I get it that that's what we need to do. We need to have a movie. We need to have something in the comics reflecting that. Great, but it's not up to the writers to choose that. It's not up to the writers of these books to pick what they're going to do, how long they're going to do it for. You know, if they're only given so much to work with and they just have to kind of sort of 
make an idea for a plot and then throw some dialogue on there. You know, it's more Marvel's decision. It's more the editor's decision than it is the writer, and they only have so much to work with. Because, I mean, you're, you are reading Spider-Woman, which is by Dennis Hopeless, and, you've, and I've read a couple issues I of am, it. I am, and I love it. Right. It's a good book. Um, Dennis Hopeless did fucking Avengers Arena. And for those of you out there who have never checked that out, check it out. I mean, it's, it's pretty much you can just read it as a self-contained series, 18 issues. Um, they killed off one of my favorite characters in the first fucking issue. Spoilers. But it was a great series. It was amazing. Um, and so I know that these people are capable, but I just don't think that they're given... They're given the ability to properly use their talents all the time in these I big agree. companies. I agree completely. So that's what we're kind of stuck with. All, um, Apocalypse Wars running through all new was very good. The last issue left a lot to be desired. Um, extraordinary, like I said, I don't think it's done yet. I think there's another issue or so to go. It's not really doing it for me. I know you like the artwork, right? I do. I love the artwork. Yeah, Humberto Ramos. He's he's definitely unique. Um, I think he's a he's a good artist too. Definitely unique. But uh, I don't know. We'll see how things go. Um, but that's gonna kind of wrap it up for the talk about the comic books right now. So what we're gonna move on to next is. Um, talking about some mutant related stuff in the news hopefully we have time for everything we're probably not going to get to everything but that's okay because there's always next month the good news is is that marvel spoils everything that happens months in advance before it actually happens so there's still months to talk about whatever we don't cover uh this time um the first thing i want to get to was an interesting comment um, I was reading a brief interview uh, with Mark Wade, um, who's a writer at Marvel, and Tom Brevoort, who is an editor at Marvel. So, you know, they were kind of releasing um, the series that are going to be coming out uh, this October when Marvel Now 2.0 hits, um, and one of them is going to be the new Champions series. <clears throat> And it's going to be featuring, you know, a lot of uh, young people in the Marvel universe, uh, young heroes. One Ms. of them, Marvel. yeah, Miss Marvel. Hell yeah, fuck yeah, Miss Marvel. And one of them is going to be time displaced young Cyclops. And what the first thing that I read that I thought was really cool was that Mark Wade, who's um, he's done, you know, a lot of work, a Daredevil. He's pretty much, if you name it, he's he's got his name on it somewhere at some point. But he said that he was really pushing Marvel to get young Cyclops to be in this book. Like, please let me fucking use him. And uh, I thought that was really, really cool of him, first of all. Because, you know, it's an X... And it's an X-Men character, and the X-Men are kind of like, oh, you kids do your thing in your own corner of the room while the rest of the Marvel Universe hangs out here. And yeah, that's fine. It is what it is. So I thought that was cool um, for him to do that. But then uh, we get Tom Brevoort, uh, with an interesting quote, paired young Cyclops to kid Hitler. Or Hitler. Or Hitler for short, sure, uh, to make it cute, the chibi version. And honestly, like, you know, it doesn't offend me. I'm not, you know. Jewish. I'm not, yeah, I'm not Jewish. I'm, I'm not, I don't practice any sort of faith or whatever. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm not the kind of person who's going to, you know, get on the internet and be like, oh, you can't say this or whatever. Just two things immediately came to mind. The first one being like, I'm more surprised that there wasn't a huge internet backlash over this because, you know, people say that kind of thing and then they're apologizing for it for like the next week. And I'm, I'm sure he didn't mean anything nasty by it. Like, so I'm glad that there wasn't a, a huge immediate fucking backlash over it. I think that people need to step back a little bit 
before they throw out the Hitler uh, comparison, maybe, uh, I don't know, everybody always goes straight to Hitler when comparing somebody that they don't like. Why not, you know, Mussolini? You know, he never gets any play. Yeah. Or, uh, or uh, I don't know, someone else. Fucking Look. Stalin. Give yeah, some shit to Stalin. Stalin was an asshole. He killed it's Stalin. He killed some people. I don't know. Fucking talk some shit about him. He's Russian. Fuck, I'm Russian, and I don't mind. I'll talk some shit about him. He's, he was a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was pre- a bad guy. He's a pretty bad guy. He was a pretty bad guy. All right. So, um, I yeah. Hope, I hope there are no, uh, Stalin fans in the audience tonight. I hope so too. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Like, you know, think about what you're going to say before you say it. But at the same time, you know, there have been, um, the backlash in the, from like just people on the internet is a little ridiculous at times. But that wasn't really why I brought it up. Um, it's just, it's, that's such a bold statement to make when we have no fucking idea exactly what Cyclops did yet. Hashtag, what did Cyclops do? Hashtag, what the fuck did Cyclops do? Hashtag, WWCD, what would Cyclops do? Regardless. Hashtag, hashtag. So, I mean, we don't, like, he's comparing a young Cyclops. He's basically calling him Kid Hitler, which would make Cyclops Hitler, right? But we don't even know exactly what Cyclops did. Um, you know, we're going to find out, you know, a little bit later on this year, but that's, that's why that was my thing about Tom Brevoort saying this, like that comparison, we as fans have no idea exactly what Cyclops did. We know that he attacked the Inhumans. We know he got killed. That that's literally fucking it. Like those two sentences, what I just said, that that's all that we know. Did he go on some sort of, you know, fascist rant beforehand? Was he condemning all the Inhumans? Did he say they should all fucking die in some sort of a pen somewhere? I mean, did he try sending them fucking flowers first and, you know, giving them hugs? And they fucking said, no, get off me. I don't want to touch you. You smell. Like, we don't know what the fuck happened. Yeah, I don't know. This is uh, something that's been annoying me for a while because they keep referencing something that they haven't announced yet and like you said before that they announced things months in advance they spoiled uh who is it johnny storm dying in fantastic four yeah before it came out yeah fantastic four number 600 yeah yeah like they do shit like that all the time but we have no idea what happened with cyclops nothing has even been um like indicated or uh boiled by uh or leaked is the word i'm thinking of yeah by anybody in the company everybody's been keeping a pretty tight lip on this one well i mean we know that we're going to be getting the story later on this year um so it just kind of struck me that brevoort made such a bold statement um when we don't know exactly what happened yet maybe he's just trying to get sales to increase you know by saying uh cyclops basically is hitler people are going to want to know what that's about. Like the whole thing yeah. with uh, with uh, Captain America saying Hail Hydra. How many fucking sales did that make? No, fuck. Yeah, you know what? And I didn't even fun- fucking think of that. You know, this is why you get paid the big bucks. Um, <clears throat> that's that's a really good point. That prob- that's why I get the value meal. Yeah. <laughs> I get I get my meal supersized. 
I didn't even think of that. Yeah, there was a lot of hype around that book because of that whole Harold Hydra thing. And I mean, the people who are so pissed over that, like, just calm the fuck down. Just ice your butt. It's it's going to be okay. Um, in fact, it's been okay since. So yeah, um, that, that might be why he did that, to get some more fucking attention around it. But either way, I think it's really awesome that Young Cyclops is going to be in this champion series. I think that it was a little much uh, saying Kid Hitler, but I... You know, if it was just to hype up this shit, then fucking well, well done, because you know, I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to finding out what the fuck happened later on this year. And in fact, that's where we'll go next. You know, we know that we're going to be getting uh, Death of X, I think, in October, the miniseries. Um, and I guess that's you know what is going to that's what's going to show exactly what happened to Cyclops and Emma Frost, apparently, what happened to them. Um, but also, we're going to be getting um, Inhumans versus X-Men starting in December. So right after Death of X, uh, what I'm gathering is uh, from, you know, some of the, the official synopsis, which I will read, is that, um, you know, mutants are going to take a stand and, I guess, go against the Inhumans. So the official synopsis is, United together, the entire mutant race stages a desperate final strike. There's only one problem. The Inhumans won't go down without a fight. And they're calling in everyone, the royal family, the new humans, Miss Marvel, Quake, and even Moon Girl. It's all on the line as these two Marvel mainstays go head to head. Only one can survive. Who will be left standing when the dust clears? It's all been leading to this. The ultimate war for survival begins this December. Um, Alright, so first of all, they're not two Marvel mainstays. The X-Men are the Marvel mainstays out of those two. Um, that's, that's first of all. And uh, second of all, who will be left standing when the dust clears? Well, it's more likely the Inhumans because you're going to make a movie out of them. But that's just my short, cynical fucking answer. What is your thought about this? (laughs) Uh, My thought is, yeah, um, I liked the Inhumans for a while. I know that you don't. But before this whole shit between the Inhumans and X-Men started, I liked them as a group. I thought they were cool. I mean, they were a knockoff of the X-Men, so it was pretty much like side x-men stories with new x-men who we haven't seen before but uh now that um you know they're going to be doing this shit against each other and one is going to survive it better be both of them or it better be the x-men or there's going to be a fucking war they're going to be like people picketing them and shit and like uh, it's like what happened with Dan Slott where people were like sending him death threats and shit when they killed off Peter Parker and replaced him with Doc Ock. Yeah, yeah, no, that 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 is a good comparison. But, you know, I mean, there was some fucking guy in that Spider-Man costume. Um, I mean, are they going to have the Inhumans put on the fucking, you know, Ruby Quartz visor and, uh, you know, fucking gloves with three holes in it for claws to come out? Oh, God, that just makes me want to fucking cry. Oh, this poor dead X-Men getting their fucking costumes desecrated. I just really hope that um, the X-Men don't go away after this because I've been really scared about that for a while. So, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just scared. I'm scared too. Um, I mean, I got to be honest. I'm really looking forward to what's happening at the end of the year, seeing the uh, Death of X miniseries so we can actually find out exactly what the fuck happened with Cyclops and with Emma Frost. Um, I'm also excited to see Inhumans versus X-Men, even though I am a bit worried about the outcome. You know, I just kind of have to have fucking 
you know, the belief that it's going to be okay for the X-Men. I mean, they've been around for so fucking long. But, uh, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, it apparently starts off in December, right after Death of X, which makes sense. They're not going to run concurrently. It's going to be one right after the other. And uh, I guess we'll go from there. Um, but I guess, you know, we'll have more on that later this year as uh, that shit starts to actually be released and uh, more information starts to come in. That's uh, going to be pretty much it for this month's Mutant Musings podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to us kind of ramble on, and uh, we hope that you'll join us again next time. Until then, don't forget, Magneto was right. And Cyclops was right. And Cyclops was right. And Clinton Choir was right. Uh-huh.